Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns. It's summer, and that can only mean one thing. It's time for Hashtag Calvin Sharks. Yay! It's back! <laughs> oh, I never thought we'd be here again, but they, they have made a Deep Blue Sea 3, you know. <laughs> oh, I've God, heard, Calvin, I've heard that Deep Blue Sea 3 is a huge uh, step up in quality after the disastrous Deep Blue Sea 2. Well, this is good to know, because Deep Blue Sea 2 killed the hashtag, I think. And <laughs> yeah. there was no uh, appetite for shark films after that. Let's give a bit of history here. Hang on, right? So, hello, by the way. If you're a <laughs> new listener, then uh, my name is Alan. Over there is Sol. Hello. Uh, and joining us, uh, because it's Calvin Sharks, is Calvin. Hello. So we have a something of a tradition of doing a shark movie every summer, uh, mostly at Calvin's insistence, because he likes crappy shark movies. Yes. Uh, what have we done in the past? I know we did Jaws as a sort of real one. Yep, we did Jaws. Yeah, I don't know if that even counts, does it? I mean, it, we did cover the three sequels in there, so I suppose that probably yeah. does come under Calvin Sharks, yeah. And, and there was the Blake Lively film, The Shallows. Yeah, definitely one of the better shark films out there. Yep. And Deep Blue Sea, obviously, and Deep Blue Sea 2, we also looked at. <laughs> yes, we did. Did Is we that do it? that to tie into Deep Blue Sea 2 being released? I, I think we did, we yes. Did. Yeah. And then Deep Blue Sea 2 was on a review of the year catch-up type yes. thing. Well, hang on, I'm just looking at the Diminishing Returns podcast channel on YouTube, and there's a playlist called Calvin Shark, I'll have a look. Oh! What's Goodness. on that? Uh, Jaws, The Shallows, Deep Blue Sea. Mm. But that those are episodes 23, 63, and 97. So we've definitely gone on hiatus. Deep Blue Sea was to- so shit that we <laughs> we skipped a year. It <laughs> did kill years. it. Also, I, I'm excluded from making choices now that I'm not on here every week. So I was basically at the mercy of one of you two deciding to throw me some breadcrumbs. And Alan, very fortunately uh, yeah. for me, did. Well, I had the wonderful idea uh, of bringing back <laughs> Calvin Shark. It was my idea, and uh, I, I, I think I, it's a good I, idea. Yeah, and yeah. We, you know, we talked about the Meg probably when we did Deep Blue Sea uh, a couple of years ago because it was sort of on the horizon, so to speak. And uh, we we said, "Oh, we'll do that when it comes out," and then obviously we we didn't. So <laughs> now it's time to do the Meg. Yes, uh, thanks to me. Which is good because I think, uh, yeah, uh, Deep Blue Sea 2 had such an effect on me that I didn't see this film when it first came out. I watched it for the first time for this recording, which is unusual for me because, like, really? like you said, I, I wow. like crap shark films. But Deep Blue Sea 2 was so bad and I was so depressed by that that <laughs> it, it really did kill uh, any desire I had to watching uh, shark films. It's a weird genre, the shark genre, because I, I know a lot of people who are really into it. It feels like a really starved genre, like there's not a lot of shark movies out there. Even yeah. when you factor in the, the sci-fi channel original content, the you know, the Sharknado. hundreds of Yeah, yeah. I it still feels like there's not nearly the same appetite for shark movies as you get with, you know, zombie movies or alien invasion movies. But is there a reason like that. for that? Is there a reason for that <laughs> being that there's no more there's no new area to go in? Mm. Yeah, I I mean, you can make that argument, but then think how many zombie movies there are that bring nothing new whatsoever to the table. Well, I would argue not to make them as well. 
Yeah, but they still do. <laughs> that that's that's kind of the point. Well, yeah, but they don't involve having to hire a giant water tank, uh, which is yes. probably expensive, <laughs> and yeah. a yeah, fake shark. Yeah, that's fair point. Yeah, yeah, I think that's entirely it. Actually, I think budget, and that's part of the reason why I was quite interested in the Meg because, as Sol already alluded to, used to like Sci-Fi Channel do all these like you know terrible shark things, Sharknado, Shark Octopus, all this kind of stuff, which is always really bad. And well, they're hokey. They're the and- upper end. They're the ones you've heard of, but you know. There's plenty out there that that go out that go off about twenty different names and are just called like uh, feeding frenzy and (laughs) and it'll just be about a load of teenagers who get stuck on a raft in the sea Mm. and have a harpoon for ninety. Well, there have already been megalodon films as well. Uh, I think oh god, yes, two (laughs) thousand. Really, are you you talking about the John the John Barrowman infamous John Barrowman vehicle? I think that was Megalodon 3, wasn't it? Or was that Shark no, it was Attack Shark, 3? It was Shark Attack 3, colon, Megalodon. Ah, and right, it, okay. It is a solid contender for the worst film I've ever seen in my entire life, which is... <laughs> fair. Which I say with no hyperbole. It is just... It is the rare example of a a film with truly no redeeming qualities about it <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. And John Barrowman. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think people just know it because that clip of him saying to that lady that he wanted to take her home and eat her pussy, which was just a, an onset ad lib for because apparently the actress he was working with was really bad, and the director said, "Just we just need her to laugh. We we're not, the focus is not going to be on your lips, so we'll dub in something else later. Just say something that's going to make her laugh. Just say the most outrageous thing you can think of." And so he said that, assuming that it wasn't going to be left in the film, and then it was. I'm exhausted. Yeah, me too, but. You know, I'm really wired. What do you say I take you home and eat your pussy? Anyway, that's Shark Attack 3. <laughs> uh, but yeah, The Meg. Uh, so they don't give these kinds of budgets to these kinds of films anymore. And the kind of talent as well behind it. Talent? Um, well, that's that's the thing. <laughs> I, I was, un- until about three hours ago when I started watching this film, I was under the impression that The Meg was a kind of low budget knockoff shark film not sharknado territory obviously but kind of in that mid perhaps deep blue sea territory i suppose uh, but like not hmm. just not very good you know what i mean in terms yeah. of budget and um yeah obviously started watching it it's like wow this is this has some, got some money behind it this is serious business hmm. uh, and i hadn't quite realized that because hmm. i ju- i just yeah i just think i couldn't believe that someone would put their money into it <laughs> well, as much money, it's like what 150 million dollars, uh, which is the kind of money that they spend on like Marvel films, uh, uh, you know, yeah. and a hefty marketing campaign as well. Yeah, yeah, it, it's baffling more than anything. Not that they would put that much money behind this sort of film, but that they wouldn't just take a few extra months to get the script a bit better mm. and then do it. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. there is. I, th- I think there is a market, perhaps, for big, dumb, silly, fun monster movies at that scale. I, I-, I can You've got see to have why... some sense of irony these yeah. days, though, surely. But that's it. I- 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 but then, you know, this is competing with a million Dwayne The Rock Johnson vehicles that do have a really firm... I mean, to be fair, this film has a sense of irony. It's not... It's far from uh, po-faced about what it's doing. I think it knows exactly what it is, and it's kind of somewhat skewering itself, but it's just not a very good job. Well, I think it is, I just don't think it's very... I think it's people 
doing a kind of self-aware skewering of themselves, but they're not comedians, they're not funny people, so it's just not very, <laughs> it's not very good, <laughs> if but that I, makes sense. That's it, I mean, I, like, watching this film, it's like, so, okay, someone's found a, a 20-year-old script and gone, well, there's no need to make any changes to this, so we can just do it as is. And then I, re- I was reading a little bit about it, and I found out that this is based on a book that was made in the 90s, mm. and they sold the rights to it. based on a book. It's based on a novel, yeah, <laughs> written in the nineties, and it was so, the rights were sold then. But then Deep Blue Sea came out, so they were like, "Ah, fuck it, we won't do that then." And it's just been knocking about for years since then, until someone finally kind of went, "Oh well, time for a shark film." It it feels like watching a nineties film. It's like it's it's weirdly old fashioned, but then with all this kind of very flashy modern. Um, That's what I mean. It, it, it's it. it's too clean and digital looking, so it, like it feels very modern in. In a kind of cheap way, honestly. I don't think this film feels incredibly expensive when you no. watch it. But you, mm. like when you look at the shark and the graphics they're using that and, and the set design is quite cool. But yeah, I know what you mean. It doesn't feel like a big budget film. But but that's it. Like the set design, you know, it, it it's still a series of generic corridors for the most part, which some nice is cool your classic and all your that, classic though. low budget film technique isn't it like cube you build one room and then use it 20 different times as different (laughs) rooms because they all (laughs) look so similar like i I don't know i i don't think this film really does feel as expensive as it is (laughs) but then i think that is partly just the nature of how do you make something on the water look expensive well unless you're going to throw thousands of stuntmen into airplanes and big you know water ski things and so on like water world you, you it's gonna look kind of cheap it's you know there's obviously one end of the spectrum which is this in terms of budget but then the other end of the spectrum is open water which is you know an infamously low budget uh film made mm. on on a shoestring you know by people who were essentially amateurs and and they got away with making a relatively compelling narrative because yeah, when you're out of the ocean, the, like the, the ocean is the great leveller, isn't it? it? It's just, you can go and film the sea on your phone and it'll look more or less the same as <laughs> filming the sea on, on a high-end red <laughs> camera. <laughs> so obviously they can spend the money on having a big shark effect and a few explosions, but... But it feels like that is where your money's going, isn't it? It's on the shark, uh, and yeah, generally, like, they've they've had to design and build these little submarine things, all the you know, all those little details like that. Yeah. Someone's yeah. got to be paid for that. And then, you know, you've got Jason Statham's salary. Yeah. Yeah, as well as this, their accommodation and everything, they shot this, what, near China? A uh, uh, lot of extras on that beach. Well, there's obviously Chinese money behind this. There's a Chinese production company in the in the front end, but also there's Chinese people in it. Uh, <laughs> and so, obviously, it's not an American film. Um so we talking anybody... about that you you mean there's more than one Chinese person, yeah, yeah, Hollywood films as standard, you get one Chinese actor now who's like usually come in, they'll shoot a load of extra scenes for the Chinese yeah. market <laughs> they'll they'll be in like one or two that get released in Hollywood, well, with this, like I thought like you can obviously tell that it is being pitched towards you know, I think we'll see this more and more as China is such a big market. Hollywood films are going to be trying to appeal to that market, but there are like there are quite a few like Chinese language dialogue scenes in this, and obviously they're subtitled in English uh for our versions, I suppose, but 
there was more of that than I expected there to be for this kind of film where if this was pure yeah. Hollywood, they're going to say, now the audience don't want to read. Uh, just get on with it and do it in English. But, uh, it's only yeah. ever like three lines, though, and it? it's not like... There was more than I thought there would be for a film like this. Yeah. But yeah, there's obviously some Chinese money going on here. But does it, is this is this silly to say, or does that go some way to explaining, you know, if they're aiming at a Chinese market, that it feels 20 years out of date? <laughs> is, is, it, is it just that... The, um, well, I, I don't know. You know, chi- the, the bit, all the big Hollywood blockbusters are going after that Chinese demographic. And, yeah. you know, China loves its big action blockbusters. So your, your Transformers movies, for example, do mm. well in China. And it's probably because... Um, language barrier doesn't really matter. Then, yeah, exactly. The language barrier is minimal, and you know, China has its own film industry making Chinese films, but they can't compete with the spectacle of of Hollywood. So, mm-hmm. you turn to Hollywood when you want a big budget film, and you know, I think it's similar what we have in in the UK, for example. You know, the UK makes a lot of good films and TV shows, but they're all obviously pitched at a much lower end of the budget uh, that we get because you you have to make more human dramas and things because we don't have the same money to throw around i do i think there's a degree of that certainly so is this a case of you know chinese production company look we'll put up half the money you gotta put three chinese actors in it so we can sell it over here Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, especially, and especially if they film it in China as well, if it's a co-production, yeah. they would have had quotas to fulfill. There would need to be X amount of Chinese crew and cast and all this kind of stuff. So, But why does that not reflect <laughs> on the quality of the film? It just feels like a film <clears throat> that should have been made 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah why Why is uh, that we... <laughs> script? It is because it does, like, like you were saying, Saul, that it's got a sense of irony to it. I, I don't know where, if I'm detecting that particularly it feels like i I mean it absolutely has a sense of like tongue-in-cheek about what it's doing but it's just not enough it's Mm. the 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 obvious comparison i think is snakes on a plane which you know was still 10 years before this came out but snakes on a plane was that same thing where a lot of people complained when it came out that it it obviously was half self-aware and had a sense of humor about what it was doing but it just wasn't you make something this insane and stupid, it kind of has to be a full-on comedy. Mm. And this kind of halfway wishy-washy attitude isn't going to work. And I, I would argue that Snakes on a Plane had far more of a successful sense of humour than this film does. Because yeah. the, the, the few little gags in it are at least vaguely funny, whereas I, I think here they're all quite weak. Can you give me, <laughs> um, can you give me an example? <laughs> What of a gag in this one, or yeah. uh, everything Rain Wilson says or does, pretty much? Mm. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, woman walks in on Jason Statham. Oi, I'm getting my clothes on. I'm naked, <laughs> and then he stands there for a beat in his towel, just grinning. Little girl comes in later on. My mummy likes you. This is the worst day of my life. <laughs> Uh, it's a good impression. <laughs> yeah, it's a good impression. I don't know who of though. It's not Jason Stone, an <laughs> <laughs> Australian uh, Jason Stone. Um, yeah, I don't like. There's obviously a bit, a couple of moments where it's like that's supposed to be. A but bit that's funny. what I mean. It's 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 a sense of humor, but it's not 
good. It's it's weak. It's not funny, but well, like, it. it's I trying think, to be. Uh, over it's the years, trying to... Jason Statham has yeah. kind of developed this kind of self-knowing, ironic thing, which he's obviously not aware of, but other people write in for him. Um, and he takes like, You always say this, and I... I... No, I completely disagree. I think Jason Statham is completely self-aware. I think he knows exactly <laughs> yeah. what he's doing. I think he's a very funny man, to be honest, is the impression I get. Mm. Like, once again, I I think it was in a diminisode we had the, this, this discussion, actually. I think it might have been about Hobson Shaw. Yeah. But I pointed you to the film Spy, which I'm going to guess Calvin has probably seen, because it's How a kind of know? James Bond. <laughs> 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 um... But Jason Statham is in that film, and he is in full-on Seth Rogen, Will Ferrell improv comedy territory, mm. and he completely holds his own. He is—he's probably the funniest thing in that film, and it's yeah. not—it's not that they're like giving him funny lines well written. He's clearly improvising with them. If if it's on the page of the script, and we've all approved it then that's what he's going to say. However, when I get to set in the morning, I'm also thinking, well, what if we set it like this? Or let me say this and we could try it like this and just I'm always looking for new ways because you never know, that's where the magic could come in. He hated that. He... <laughs> Much like your favourite, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is his rival. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised that, because to me, they're almost the same, really. Like, they can yeah. sort of well, flit this is in what... between serious action and this more sort of self-aware stuff, and they both just come across very well, I think. Mm. But this is why this is why Alan doesn't like him, because Alan loves Dwayne <laughs> the Rock Johnson and their, Look, and their a, rivals. I'm a Dwayne the Rock Johnson man, all right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, when I watch Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I know that he knows what he's doing, and that he's a very funny comedy actor. Whereas with Jason Statham, I I don't get the same sense. And it, look, if if I'm if I'm to compare Spy to Fighting with My Family, for example, I think Jason Statham is probably funnier and more self-aware than Dwayne Johnson. I think Dwayne Johnson probably has a writer that he takes everywhere with him to like write quips and make him look funny. Whereas I think Jason Statham is just coming up with it himself. <laughs> Maybe that's where it's going wrong. What I think might have been the problem with this film, maybe this film wasn't remotely comedic on the page. Maybe it was Jason Statham trying to put some jokes in, and that's why we get all these awkward gags that don't really land, because, you know, at the end of the day, as much as I like him, he's not a comedy writer. Um, Well, that's it. I think uh, perhaps one of my main problems with The Meg is just that this central character is not particularly likable or charming because it's Jason Statham. Well, it's it's not that he's like unlikable. He's just nothing. Yeah, yeah. You like you don't know what he is or yeah. No, I I agree. It's a very poor character. I I, I think Jason Statham brings pretty much everything that he can to it. Like on the page, I think <laughs> yeah, it's and very that's flat, why it's nothing. Well, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I agree with Sol. Like, I think Jason Jason Statham can make something out of nothing just by his own sort of presence and persona. I don't think he's a terribly good actor, but he does that. Mm. He does that Dwayne the Rock Johnson thing. He just brings his presence, and you know what that yeah. is, and it's just a Jason Jason Statham role, and and that's what it is. Uh, they try to give the character 
some stuff. It's like his he has this romance um, with the Chinese lady, but then his ex-wife is also a part of this crew. They don't really do anything with it. Yeah, but that they comes try to, to do something. That is, I I, th- I I believe that's just a hangover from the book where his ex-wife is part of it, but they changed her to make her nice, and they just obviously it was just a, a loose end. Because yeah, the yeah. whole the, like he comes and rescues his ex-wife, and then it just it's like totally meaningless. I quite I I must admit I quite liked the relationship between those two because it was just a kind of little moment, mutual respect. I prove myself here. Oh, I like you. There's a little mm. little laugh here. I'm getting on well with the kid. That's going down well. And they neither of them were trying to make too much of it. And then you know at the end it's like yeah, there's definitely some chemistry there. They're going to explore that. They didn't. They weren't like. Uh, hanging on to the carcass of a giant shark and, and kissing or anything like that. It was, <laughs> I actually, that was one bit that I thought was quite good. Hmm. Okay. Um, should we sort of recap the plot very briefly, or do we want to go through this in the kind of chunks that... Uh... Bite-sized <laughs> chunks. Because, I mean, I for me anyway, it kind of boils down into three sort of big acts. And I wonder if we should talk about those in in, in sequence. Go on. Well, because the first sequence is all uh, it's all kind of set up. We understand that this your typical billionaire uh, businessman played by Rain Wilson, entrepreneur, um, he's obviously a Mark Zuckerberg. Very odd. Type. Very odd realization of a character. There, it feels like it's gone yeah. through about five different. Oh concepts from yeah. five different people who didn't <laughs> yeah. see eye to eye and oh i was so on. like because he's just he's just that same stock it, well he ends up being that same stock rich asshole character and there were times when i was yeah. like oh god they're going down that route and then he'd do something and i'd be like oh they're not doing yeah. that i'm immediately more yeah. interested uh but anyway he has a research facility and they're going down to the what is it the mariana trench or Mariana's something trench, yes yeah. yes uh to do some science or something uh, <laughs> and uh J- J- jason statham's ex-wife gets stuck down there so they bring him in to go down and rescue yeah. her and this it forms about like the first like 40 minutes of the film <laughs> yeah it's trying to convince him to like come back and uh, getting the man back for one last job it's that whole yeah. thing well that's it but they don't reason. they 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 do that for about 40 second scene and then he's like all mm. right i'll come back I know what you mean, actually, that scene where he's like, oh, look, you're going to say this, I'm going to say no. And that definitely felt like it was supposed to be funny and like, okay, we're leaning on Jason Statham's sort of personality here. I I know what you mean there, actually. That, that scene is a good example of that. Again, not to say it worked, but, you know, I, I, I see what you're <laughs> but saying. But the, the science they're doing specifically is... You know, in, in reality, the Mariana Trench is the deepest known part of the well, the earth, isn't it? Not just the sea and all the oceans and everything. It's mm. And the science they're doing is that they believe that it goes even deeper than we realised, and what we thought was the bottom is just a layer of gas, mm. and if they keep going... James Cameron lied to us. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, obviously there's already God knows what living at the very bottom of the, the, the ocean. We have no idea what's down there. Well, you know, to an extent it is just this completely alien world, but I suppose it wouldn't make any sense that there would suddenly be a giant shark attacking people unless they came up with a convoluted way that it was kind of trapped and unable to get out, which is what this gas is. They they, 
they somehow punch, yeah, punch a hole in the gas. I must admit, I shark didn't gets quite through. take in what the hell they were talking about. I was just sort of like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to need to hand wave this and let it go, I think. <laughs> it's an unexplored territory, I get it. <laughs> I think the idea is that it, like, it's a layer of gas. It's not just like the the sea is um, you know, too thick to see any deeper after a point or anything. So yeah. I think it's just the idea that no animal would ever swim into gas. Or maybe it's <laughs> it maybe it's meant to be literally like a pocket, like an air bubble of gas that the shark physically can't swim through. Fuck no, there was definitely there's definitely basically something regarding, you know, the water is extremely cold down there because there's not no sunlight gets down there. But underneath yeah. this kind of gas layer, there's hot air vents venting uh, not hot air, but hot vents come venting from uh, you know, the liquid Volcanic, hot magma uh, under yeah. the earth. Yeah, and that is um creating heat. And so these kind of warm blooded uh, animals can live down there. Uh mm. something along those lines. And so they can't come up because it's too cold for them. A nice amount of lip service for like a concept that is otherwise absolutely fucking nonsense. Like there is, there <laughs> are like... thermal vents at the bottom of the ocean where things live. That oh yeah, they yeah, yeah. Otherwise but... be able to live there, it's like there's some kind of science it's... behind it. The whole but it's it's, layer it's thing was a bit weird, but yeah, yeah. It's just weird that they try and justify this concept at all when it is so <laughs> on the surface of it, just absolute twaddle. You know, <laughs> like it's like you just. <sighs> If if a deep, deep, deep sea animal came up to the surface, like the difference in pressure alone would probably kill it. <laughs> like all all these sorts of things, and just how like giant animals need a certain amount of calories to operate, and all this sort of thing. Like it just it doesn't make any scientific sense whatsoever, <laughs> and that's fine. Like I'm not going to a film about a giant shark expecting anything <laughs> resembling reality, but then it's weird that they spend, you know, a lot of time trying to explain what they're doing when it is just such <laughs> nonsense. I appreciate that they did this instead of just like, oh, we found it in a block of ice and now it's escaped, yeah. and, uh, which is your sort of classic way of doing <laughs> this. They probably great. did that in those shark attack films. Uh, <laughs> I like that they tried something a bit different here, that it was just constantly existing there, or both of them, rather, were constantly existing uh, under there. Mm. Mm. Yes, they they do the classic uh, slasher twist that Calvin's a big fan of, as seen Mm. in Scream. Mm. That there's there's more than one. Yes. This whole time you thought you were dealing with one baddie, but there's two of them. Yeah. Or it turns out it was his mother all along. Yeah. (laughs) But this whole, uh, the first 45 minutes were probably my favourite chunk of the film. All this stuff that people are going down to rescue. It's uh, Jason and Statham and uh, Lai Bingbing, I believe is the uh, Chinese actress we referred to earlier on. She also gets in a ship and goes down to do do some rescuing and stuff. And I actually quite like all of this. It's obviously very dark down there and the lights are coming on and off and you can only see certain things. And I, I, I quite liked that. They could have made more of this whole scene and I think they could have really set the tone with this and well, I guess they did but I just wish they'd done it better because you know they go down there and they barely do anything at all before they get attacked and and, and then it's like oh we need the best diver ever to save mm. these guys and like what does he do he goes down in the submersible goes down there opens the door lets them in goes back up like I, 
Why did they need him for that? <laughs> well, I guess. Well, yeah, but particularly when um, Lee Bingbing could go down in her she submarine. Did, she does it at first. She just gets attacked by a giant yeah. squid. Yeah, which presumably he would have done if he'd have gone down there. But uh... also, yeah, and then these, in these really flimsy-looking submarines, as opposed to like the high-pressure yeah. withstanding things they went down in, the others went. They down do. In. They do look a bit stingray, don't they? Like Jerry Anderson <laughs> kind of. Uh... <laughs> Stuff, but then there's this really, really strange bit where he's rescuing his uh, ex-wife and her, um, the two of the people who are in there with her, and one of the uh, the guys inexplicably decides to uh, sacrifice himself. himself. <laughs> yeah, despite this being the most sort of, he's essentially sort of sacrificing himself to like lure the shark away from their machine, but they're connected. Like there's pressurization, there's water coming in and out, uh, you know, of these, and they just do it almost like he just pulls the lid shut and then ejects it and that's it. But it's, uh, yeah, very, very silly. But that, that's it. And that, that is a very good example of just how the basic structure of this film could work. If you just write it a bit better, just mm. make it a bit better. It's not, it's like, it doesn't even have to be that good. Just a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but that that whole thing, you know, just that whole that whole scene, bit more dynamic. Some something where where Jason Statham's character actually does something where you feel like, all right, not many people could have done that, or yeah. you know, even you know, I know there's an element of kind of bravery there. Like he's the one who's prepared to go and do it. But so did Lee Bingbing. She also went down. <laughs> I mean, you you know, Jason Statham is a an ex professional diver, right? He, he don't. He dove. He, uh, di- he dove. Dived. The... <laughs> he he dove. Uh, he 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 dived professionally for England in yeah. the uh, Commonwealth Games one year. Anyway, um, I I don't know. It just it it feels like. I guess we see him swim a bit, but I mean, I guess we definitely see we see him dive off the end of the boat when yeah, he's going to but, rescue someone. Yeah. But but yeah, what do you what do you want him to set up a ten meter platform so he could do like yeah. a, a, a double somersault back pike or whatever? I want him to set up a trap to save the day that involves him diving off a huge platform directly into the meg the meg's mouth with a bomb. <laughs> well, I mean, that, but that's not why they hired him. They hired him because he can go to the <laughs> deepest what? known oh. place on Earth. Also, when Jason Statham was a diver, he was 25 years old, not 53. <laughs> 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 not quite. Uh, Have you seen that video it. online of Jason Statham kicking a bottle cap off a bottle? <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> so. They should put that in the, they should have put that in the film. <laughs> It's really impressive. It, it, it's like in slow motion, and he, he does I've like seen, a karate I've kick. I've seen people uh, do that. I've not I've seen Jason. Yeah, it was it was like him and some other stunt guy were having some like challenge back and forth, and they were kicking bottle tops off of bottles and things. But um, they should have done that when he's having a chat with his ex-wife. He should have been like, <laughs> "Have a beer," and then just like <laughs> kick the lid off it. <laughs> and she goes, "This is why I divorced you." Just just anything to keep the film from being boring. <laughs> You know, well, that would have been like five seconds where it was interesting, and you'd go, well, oh, I don't know why they did that, but I'm not <laughs> bored anymore. Well, the film the film does take a sort of a, a, a turn here. It, it does change gear as he rescues his ex-wife and brings her back up, and then because they create a sort of a gateway or something through the gas, then, well, two Megalodon come out. Yeah. Uh, 
and then there's a but there's a load of bickering on the oil rig, uh, and then we get the scene which was used in all the trailers, which I still think is quite great, of the little girl going through these uh, glass sort of tube corridors under the water, and you just see the Meg sort of like come into view, and then it bites the thing. I think that whole thing is really well done. Yeah, but there Even is, the, that they, is just yeah they have like... the bit where she's walking down the corridor and it's, there's some eerie music and she's like uh, like she's do that look like oh I just got a feeling like someone was watching me then like, like it's like what there's a shark following her down the corridor like that was the <laughs> sense I was getting and then oh yeah it is <laughs> it's just hovering <laughs> outside watching her like oh I'm gonna eat her <laughs> that whole scene again it it just reeks of like. I mean, I can't put my finger on it, but I just know I've seen that done mm. a million times better <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> like, it's... it's. Uh, can I just talk about the Meg as a sort of slasher villain? Because I think we've already kind of touched on yes. it, so you touched on it uh, with the, like, the amount that this thing would need to eat to function. <laughs> and it, uh, I can't imagine that a human being would really be on its radar even. Like, it... Oh god, yeah. It does it like that is not going to be. It'd be like when a when a bug flies in your mouth as a human being. And you're like, oh, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah but you it's... go for a big shoal of fish and just get a big mouthful of fish or whatever. Nah, you go. For, you're going for a big mat. <laughs> you don't want an ant. I I don't find the uh the, the I don't have the same level of sort of. Uh, I guess maybe it's just because it's not as relatable as potentially being bitten by a you know an actual sized shark, but uh, you know obviously like your standard great white shark like you know in Jaws or whatever. Part of the fear of that is that you're gonna be chomped by this thing and eaten alive, and its teeth are yeah. sharp and all this kind of stuff. A Meg is gonna eat your hole and you're gonna drown in its belly, I guess. Well, you're not you're not going to drown. You're going to I mean you're probably going to suffocate to be honest before Well, okay, yeah. before you start to be dissolved by the stomach acid. But I mean that is a, it's a it's arguably a much more horrible horrible <laughs> way to die. But I know what you mean. It's it's far less visceral and immediately scary. There's something yeah. incredibly instinctively scary about yeah. being ripped to pieces by something's mouth. Well, I'm um, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page for the novel. Uh, and this is the ending. Jonas, that's the uh, Jason Statham character, Jonas pilots a submersible down the throat of the Megalodon into her stomach, where he uses the hydrogen supply from his sub to ignite the whale blubber inside the shark's stomach, burning it from the inside out. Huh. That's the ending of the book. Interesting. So this uh, prompts what I would say, the well, the second act, really, which is the uh, the gang, as they are, decide that they're going to go out and kill it themselves, this big megalodon, rather than alerting any kind of government to uh, I never quite grasped why they really felt they needed to kill it. Uh, <laughs> well... What else are they going to do? Catch it, <laughs> not kill it. Put it in a museum. Being a, a once thought extinct animal, yeah. Study it, maybe. Mm. Tag well, it with a GPS thing so they can see where it goes and what it eats. I think the idea is that it is far too big and crazy a thing to be tamed and like put in captivity. I'm so not saying they should put it in you... captivity. I think that would be cruel. Also. So, <laughs> so to leave it running around wild, you yeah. know, they they as human beings have potentially just completely fucked the ecosystem of the ocean up by introducing this gigantic thing that no, is going to never do that. 
But but you know, like you can make the argument of just leave nature be, but then on the other hand, yeah. well, the Meg shouldn't be there. They fucked like it. Rabbits it. It'd be in like Australia. it's <laughs> like when that guy, intro- yeah, when they introduced the uh, the grey squirrel, and you know, it'd be like if Jason Statham accidentally introduced the grey squirrel to the UK, but then <laughs> spent ninety minutes hunting down two grey squirrels and killing them before they could like kill all the red squirrels. Okay, I'm interested. Keep talking. <laughs> there is some uh, lip service here given to at some point they come across the Megs attacked some like illegal shark hunting vessel and then there is this sort of like oh poor sharks sort of thing which uh, does seem like it's yeah. well it is it trying to have its cake and eat it. it no <laughs> it does like to attack things and then not eat them that seems to be the Megalodon's yeah. uh, well, it's never thing. it's never eaten people before. It like basically it doesn't like the taste, but it doesn't know that yet. It keeps <laughs> trying them. Like, oh, maybe it's got to acquire the taste first, you know. Mm. Like when when you first eat anchovies, you're sort of like, oh, I don't know about that. But then you go back and have another one, and then you're like, oh, these are these are all right. <laughs> no, I don't like that. I won't have it again. That's my policy. <laughs> it comes to <laughs> seems sensible. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, but that's why you don't like anything that isn't cheese covered in barbecue sauce. <laughs> uh, and the problem is, I've got cheese, I've got barbecue sauce. What, what's the problem? The Meg doesn't have <laughs> cheese or barbecue sauce. It's got to branch out. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> well, so th- this is the next sort of half hour. There's like various stuff with like characters going down in shark cages and stuff. And mm. the big twist is that they capture what they think is the Meg and then Jason Statham's like, wait a minute, the bite radius on this doesn't match the radius on the glass tube back at the thing. And then, oh my god, there's an even bigger one that jumps out of the water and uh, tries to eat the smaller one for some reason. You know what never happens in this film? And and I think it's like a really... I was just waiting for it the whole film and it really annoyed me that it didn't happen. I think it's the point where I gave up on this film the first time I watched it. When Rain Wilson is flying the helicopter out over the the Meg, I was just sat there like, right, so it's the gonna Meg's going to come out. jumping out the sea and I eat thought, the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it never does it. And it was just such a such a letdown yeah. that you never get to see the Meg like leap out of the water to eat something really high up in the sky. Mm. You do get a scene where two helicopters crash into each other solely for the purpose yeah. of getting a bit of action in there, because yeah. nothing's happening yeah. to fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did touch on there, though. I, I, I saw this film back at the cinema, and I really, really resent the fact that I've now seen it twice, <laughs> re-watching it for this podcast. It, it is one of the most... It, like, it's not it's not the most terrible film in the world or anything, but it is just not a film I would ever watch a second time under any other circumstances. Did you pay to see it? it? The first time I did, I was fucking furious. Like, the first time, <laughs> some friends of mine basically convinced me to go, like, on a day out with them that would involve going to the cinema. <laughs> and they were they were just really keen to see the Meg because they wanted to go on those 4D things where the uh, seat, like, spins around. And yeah, I, yeah. I'd never done it the 4D thing before, so I was like, oh, fuck it, whatever. I'll just do it to, like, hang out with them. You're very selfless. It was just, it was just shit. It was like, look, I, I, I couldn't be asked paying to see the Meg either. Plus, it's extra for those four Ds. It's like sixteen quid for that. Yeah, but then I, I kind of thought, well, you know, maybe, 
maybe the 4D thing is, you know, it's the kind of film that will work with that. It, yeah, you know, you'll that. get some water sprayed on you. It's not really a very good film to watch on 4D, uh, to be honest. Because they Meg. just chuck it, up it a surprisingly... Water on you at the beginning. <laughs> well, you, you, you get... They, they release that smell. There's like a chemical smell that they spray in your the face a few smell. times. So you, oh. you get some of that the first few times. That It's just a chemical smell. It's like a stand-in for, like, burning or gas getting out. So at the start, when all the submarines are having trouble, they get a lot of use out of it. Um, they do a lot of the spraying water in your face, but even that is kind of old after like the first three times. And they do a lot of the seat kind of shaking around. Though even that, again, there's not much of that. I, I guess they, they kind of was quite good at simulating like, oh, it's like being in a helicopter because the seat's vibrating and it's really um, annoying, isn't it? I, it's it's like we're bobbing <laughs> out at sea because the seat's moving. But well, no, it, it's just the Meg was just shit. But I mean, I've I've spoken about this before. I also went to see Shazam with the 4D <laughs> thing, <laughs> and it really worked there. It really enhanced my enjoyment of that film. But I think that's because it was like a halfway decent, enjoyable movie to begin with. Mm. So anyway, I, I was I was really annoyed about having to watch this film again. To be honest, it really <laughs> pissed me off. I'm well, watching like three films a day at the minute from the lockdown, and it, it still felt like a waste of time <laughs> to be going back to the Meg. Oh, we haven't really mentioned another element that just doesn't go anywhere particularly is the very opening scene where we see Jason Statham sort of messing about with some semen, and <laughs> then his crew he has to leave his crew behind because something giant attacks them. Yes. And so that's kind of sets up his character that he's kind of washed up. Everyone thinks he's crazy. He's become an alcoholic. None of that matters. It's just straight away, like, he gets an apology from the guy later. Oh, sorry, I thought you were mental. But then, (laughs) you know, it's straight away. It's just like right back on the... There's no kind of like, oh, God, I'm going to have to detox. I'm going to have to stop drinking and I'm getting withdrawal symptoms, getting cranky. Uh, or anything mm. like that. Uh, it's just nothingness. It's and that's the yeah. Film. I I kind of I think I initially I think I thought they were gonna play more of a more of a shark as a serial killer slasher character kind of thing where you know it comes and somehow eats someone and not everyone sees it and yeah. Jason Statham's like I'm telling you it's the Meg and they're like oh he's crazy don't listen to him and there's going to be some conflict there where he's trying to convince them to deal with this threat of this shark but half of the half of them don't deal with it but obviously because that would take some quite inventive writing to make work <laughs> and it would be awfully contrived um they don't go down that route they they just go for a straightforward oh there's the big shark I appreciate that. I, I like that shorthand, and I guess that the the cold opening being what it is is ju- is really just to get some action yeah. in there, you know, up front. And I, I guess you know it gives Jason Statham a reason to be the reluctant hero. But I do agree with you, Alan. They don't really try to do anything with his whole alcoholic thing or whatever. But they they do want him to be your sort of gung ho hero and very likable and like. The first scene that we see him in, aside from the cold opening, he's like going down on his motorbike and he like pats a little child on the head and smiles and stuff, which is ob- one of those like shorthand things. Like if you see, yeah, if you if you leave if you have your lead character like stroking a dog, a cat, or a kid in like the first few seconds, you're just you know, save the cat. Yeah, they well, rejected yeah. my uh, my opening where Jason Statham stomps on a mouse. <laughs> 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 and then it's sets the child relatable. on fire. 
<laughs> so it's only it's only relatable for uh, Eamon Holmes. <laughs> and Emma, what's that? That deep cut <laughs> reference to like a hundred episodes ago on this podcast. But also, it's like if you're going to set up this kind of down and out character, this is a redemption arc, isn't it? Like he's finally going to do something to prove himself, and there's none of that. He's exactly the same at the end as he is at the beginning. Yeah, mm. it's just really kind of boring writing and pointless, really. So in this in this whole middle chunk where the gang are all kind of out at sea and characters are getting eaten here and there, um, there is this whole bit where the boat is... First of all, characters have no sort of major concern about getting into the water or sort of leaning over the boat, even though they are sort of on the search of this, like, 25-meter-long thing. Uh, <laughs> but there is this section where the boat is destroyed and then they have these uh, lifeboats and they're kind of speeding along and the Meg is, like, chasing them and uh, it's not really played for, like, tension or it- it's kind of like they're relatively cavalier about, like, Rain Wilson just, like, calls in his helicopter to shoot at the thing. And I, I was surprised that they don't... <sighs> It it doesn't try to be, like, tense or suspenseful or scary as much as I thought it would. And, and I guess yeah. that surprised me. I don't know if that's a rating thing. We haven't really touched on this yet. But this was designed to be a PG-13 film, so there isn't that much blood or violence or anything like that. And I do wonder if that was a part of the consideration. Like, it can't be too mm. intense. The characters have to be somewhat, I don't know, ambivalent or cavalier about the whole thing. Well, e- even with regards to like shark gore, there's not a lot on show. You know, I, I mm. the um, they try and get. Here's another example of uh, a joke in this film for you, Alan. Right. They try and get a laugh when they kill the Meg by uh, dropping a bomb on it from the helicopter. Uh, with Rain Wilson being like, are you sure it's dead? Are you mm. sure it's dead? And then they cut to the helicopter pilot who's just covered in yeah. chum, I Precious guess, ambulance. like splattered splattered shark. Yeah, mm. um, And he goes, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's uh, yeah. pieces of it that was everywhere. definitely a gag, yeah. But you don't see you don't see it happen, is my point. You don't see the shark like blow up into pieces. You just kind of see mm. the aftermath of it, which also feels like a pretty tame, sanitized way of dealing with it, you know? Yeah. Was it supposed to be a gag when they kill it and then they go down into the water and it's like, Oh hang on. Oh hang on, this is a whale. <laughs> I hang on <laughs> teeth. <laughs> like, was that supposed to be a joke? Well, it was just like well a it's really not a joke so much. Thing. No, it's 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 the same thing as all oh, those two of them. It's just like what you thought you'd done it. No, here it is. You haven't killed it yet, after all. It's that up and yeah. down. Imagine how surprised I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> that whole bit with Rain Wilson, I didn't like either. Just because I, I I thought like, oh wow, we're gonna have that rare thing and have the you know the rich guy who's running the thing not be a complete asshole, and then he just is. And he's going off to kill it because he's he doesn't want the insurance claims or whatever. <laughs> he's yeah. But even that. even that, it's played like, oh, what a dick! He deserves to die, and yeah, and it's not that bad. Like in the grand scheme of things, he's trying to take care of the problem himself in a mm. in a way that isn't completely negligent, right? <laughs> like it's not completely negligent at least not any more than unleashing the thing in the first place. Mm. Like, I don't know, it, it never quite worked for me, that, because it 
it is such a blatant attempt at the the trope of the dickhead businessman that we all hate, and then even that it isn't really hitting the mark on. Yeah, which is such an easy the the thing to do. The 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 idea that they've styled him on, which is like this Elon Musk type character, you know, relatively young um, technology, probably you know, made his money as opposed to like real billionaires who were like old men. Elon Musk, for whatever he's doing, it, he is driven by that wonder of kind of like, oh, well, I want to be go to Mars. That's going to be fucking amazing, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like he is mm. he is driven by awe, and he's got the money to just throw at it, so he doesn't care. Whereas I think if you care about money, that's a different character. And if you're going to go with that, then commit to it. You know what I mean? Like have him being mm. the one who's excited about it, and he's like he wants to do something, and then. You know, just make interesting characters instead of really boring crap stock characters. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I kind of agree with Sol, actually. Like, I think, I don't know if they intentionally tried to not make him a stock character, and then as a result of that, it's just in this kind of weird middle ground. <laughs> well, it, yeah. it, what it feels like is one version of the script had him as that stock character yeah. and then another writer came on and changed it to try and make him a more three-dimensional likable character yeah then another writer came on board who didn't understand and mm. muddied the waters so to speak and and that's it the whole film just feels like that the whole film yeah. feels like 20 writers have done passes on a script without any communication from one person to the next and it's just any attempt to do anything with this film was just lost along the way and we're, we're left with the most basic building blocks that are required for a film to work which is a, a beginning a middle and an end but nothing else that mm is coherent throughout the the story and it's just a shame because yeah and a very sort of half-assed assemblage of supporting characters mm. that we don't get too much out of the the sort of scandinavian guy who's in eurovision he's got a bit of personality you know you can see where they're going there uh and then there's a there's a woman who a woman has oh yeah who looks like she's out of hackers um <laughs> The nineteen ninety five film. Can, yeah, can I the ask one you, with the Because I, I, uh. I feel like you might be able to explain what Ruby Rose is to me. I, <laughs> I really struggle with the concept. I've been trying to get to grips with it for a while because she's she's like a known entity, mm. and I don't really like. I I know obviously now she's Batwoman or she was, but before yeah. that she was like a known entity, and I don't really mm. know what for. The only thing I but know people, is people. People hate Black, her. That's all I know. Yeah, and even even when she started popping up in Orange is the New Black, I think she was like a known... Oh, that yeah. was like a big, oh, it's Ruby Rose is in Orange is the New Black. Oh my God. Like That wasn't what made her, even though it was the first time I became aware of her. Mm. But people also hate her. So like, what what Do is they? she known for? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, she, she started out as a model, I believe, and then she was a presenter right. on a lot of Australian stuff. And then she's mainly been in... She, oh. she was in one of the Resident Evil films, and she does tend to show up in, in supporting roles in these... I was going to say big budget, middle budget action films like John Wick, and uh, I think she was in the Triple X film, and and she was in Orange Is the New Black, uh, and I can imagine that she's probably hated because I think she's either bisexual or a lesbian. Uh, she does what? a lot of sort of. Uh, she does a <laughs> in lot this of this day and uh, age. She does a she... lot of 
she does a lot of kind of you know androgynous sort of stuff um and she speaks out yeah. a lot about women's rights and lgbt oh. stuff and all that kind of stuff so i can imagine that it provokes anger from a section of the populace as a result of that she's definitely invoked the ire of the incel imdb lurkers who <laughs> downvote various projects for daring to be inclusive mm. um i mean it is i i've never watched it I can completely buy that Batwoman is a terrible show, but it currently has a 3.6 rating on IMDb, which doesn't seem likely to be reflective of its actual quality, to say that, you know, Gotham, uh, for example, and Pennyworth, uh, she got, yeah, Gotham has 7.8 for comparison. But also she, she was like, kicked off of the show wasn't she or quit after no, season one she quit yeah um and i believe she quit off her own accord because she just yeah didn't like the stick she was getting for, uh, <laughs> yeah. for playing batwoman so uh that's what i understand anyway is she one of those millennials calvin uh i believe so she's like 30 something she's you know she's vegan and yeah oh i've heard of them she's basically everything that would annoy someone who would vote for Donald Trump. And, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, I can imagine that she annoys, like her whole androgynous thing as well. I can imagine she, yeah, annoys a lot of those kinds of people who probably really fancy her, but are also a bit confused that she's <laughs> sort of in this sort of middle ground and, uh, and owns it, I think. I mean, I think she's quite stunningly attractive. I think she's beautiful, but uh, I don't know if she's a good actress. I've never seen her really given an opportunity to do much with anything. I liked her in Orange is the New Black. I, I thought she was good in that. When I yeah, my big concern with her was it. She was apparently made to look like what a fifty-five-year-old Hollywood producer thought a cool young person looked like in nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> no, but Alan, I I don't think you appreciate that. I'd say a good sixty percent of that is her own thing. Is it though the hair? Look like Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, she 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 yeah. has a pretty. She has a pretty strikingly different haircut in pretty much everything I've ever seen her in, and they're all cut from that same cloth. <laughs> what? Just, I know, I know what you're getting at. Just but, the character. You know, I... What was she? Because uh, uh, I could never quite figure it out. And then the one black guy in it, he's like the remote control guy. Yeah. And slash coward. <laughs> like that's his comedy <laughs> role. He's the one who's scared. Yeah. It's what? weird in these kinds of films where you have people like that who just... There's another guy as well, like a British guy, who's also one of these, like... They don't die, I don't think, any of them. I think they all still survive, but they don't really do much. It's strange. Yeah, if you're there yeah. for the body count, then... Yeah. Body. Yeah. But then again, that once again, that speaks to this film going through 20 drafts and yeah. having things put in and then not addressed later on. And and yeah. I, I keep saying this, I have no idea if that's what actually happened. For all I know, this yeah. film had one writer. This film's I'm been look up. in development hell for 20-odd years, so yeah. Has yeah. it, or is it just based on a book from the 90s? No, they wanted to make it then, and Deep Blue Sea came out, and it's right, just been okay. knocking about for 20 years. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Um, speaking of uh, body count, uh, let, let's talk about the third act. How many which, gillins? Well, well, this is what we're building up to. Like, there's this whole bit after Rain Wilson dies. They're they're all kind of like, all right, we need to actually alert a government now. And so they do that, but then it's like, oh, where's the Meg heading? Oh my god, it's heading to one of the most tourist beach areas in all of China, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, there was at least every- 150 people on that beach, Calvin. It was very busy. <laughs> 
What are you joking? No, no, there's like so many more people. It's like hundreds of people. It's uh... and they all have an identical rubber ring. Yes. <laughs> oh well, no, there's 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 pink and blue and yellow. There are different colors. <laughs> um, and we're kind of following. It's a little bit like Jaws, like the boy in Jaws, except there's this chubby Chinese boy who's like going up to his mom and be like, "I'm going out in the water." And obviously, knowing how Jaws goes, I'm kind of like, "Are they gonna do something like, quite daring and uh, kill this child?" But kill the fat kid. There's all this weird stuff where, like, seeing, like, some boys on one raft, like, wolf whistling at some girls on another, all the meanwhile the Meg is just kind of lurking underneath, and you're kind of, be you know, bigging up to this, what you think is going to be a huge massacre, but again, again, just because of the rating, I guess, there's no sort of good killings, as it were, um, if mm. the Meg does eat any people, it's all sort of... Uh, covered in uh, water and spray and all this kind of stuff, so you never actually see him eating anything or her eating anything. Not even a dog. No, not even the dog. Even the fucking dog oh, lives. No, now the dog was funny. Yeah, that was the funny bit. What I, <laughs> what I couldn't believe they actually did. Are you, are you, I can't tell if that's <laughs> sincere or not. No, it, it actually, well, no, it, it did make me laugh, but I, it was more like I can't believe they did that. They have the dog swimming along. It sees the shark and then goes and turns around. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" I appreciate that they did that. Actually, I like the way <laughs> that the <laughs> I like the way that the dog, for no reason whatsoever, jumps off the boat and then tries to swim away as fast and as far as it can <laughs> until it sees the shark. That's what I like. It's, it's but it isn't. It's like an escape. It, 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 the way it is shot and filmed, it plays as if that dog is desperate to get away from That's, that woman. Yeah, because she's a bit of a cow, isn't she? She's obviously she's horrible. Like, like she's like yeah. talking to her husband, like, "Oh, this is you've ruined my big day," and all this kind of stuff. So, oh yeah, because all of the bridesmaids and stuff are like in the water, aren't they? And then she's like, "Oh no, what are you doing, Bastards you horrible people?" A good time. Yeah, exactly. But I just can't believe that the dog lived because it kind of it shows up. Oh, again. It's oh not, it was it's, obvious the dog was going to. It's come not back the kind again. of film. No, the dog yeah, died in Jaws. Not... I, I, I thought they were. Yes, I thought this is where you were having the dog all of dies your... in Jaws. That dog didn't have a little bow in its hair, did it? This <laughs> is not a film. This is not a film that is comparable to Jaws in terms of no, quality. I, that, I, I know. This is not but... that kind of. I thought they were setting up these references to actually do something yeah. with it, and and they didn't. And the whole like carnage thing is over like so quickly; it's barely anything. Well, I mean, this kind of brings us to our climax. Really, is after the disappointing beach scene, which gets such a big build up for really nothing. Uh, yeah. Then they attract the Meg over to a new boat that Jason Statham and the gang are all in. And then he he's in one of his uh, Jerry Anderson mobiles, uh, having some uh, speeding around with the shark. And then he sort of cuts the shark open, which attracts other sharks in to eat the Meg. Which I actually quite liked as a solution for, after Jaws and Deep Blue Sea and all these things about every shark is either blown up or electrocuted or all that kind of stuff. I, I like it when a shark film can climax with a different way of disposing of the shark. Would it have been better, though, if he'd gone out just, like, in his trunks, punched it in the nose, and then it sort of scarpered off, scared? Yeah. <laughs> and he'd just uh, beaten it yeah. with his Stathamness. Probably. I mean, he, do, he does get out in the water. He is in the water with the thing. I think it would have been better if he'd attracted all the other sharks, and then it was like, oh no, now we've given the Megan army to command. <laughs> 
and all the sharks started working together. <laughs> yeah. Because on, on one of the posters for the Meg, it looks like the Meg can shoot out smaller sharks out of its mouth. That's the imagery <laughs> that they've gone with. There's like a big shark like with its mouth open and then a smaller shark mm-hmm. flying towards someone. You know, I think that would be a much better film. Yeah. That's my idea for a sequel, actually. Uh, they should call it Meg 2 Mini Meg. <laughs> and it's about a really small Meg that is actually like so small it can go through like water pipes and come out of your tap and go like you can have scenes Some where people are on the reason. toilet and it bites them up the arse bites their ass off and they're like ah <laughs> and and it's it's threatening because it's like it's actually it's really smart and vicious and you can't kill it it's really tough smokes cigars yeah <laughs> mini megs mini megs several mini megs all at once Maybe the Meg shoots Mini Megs out. The, the Meg shoots a Mini Meg out of its mouth, and then the Mini Meg is like a normal shark size. But then the Mini Meg can shoot Mini Mini Megs out of its mouth. <laughs> I want some Mini Eggs now. <laughs> it it is a shit a shit title, isn't it? The Meg. I I am amazed the extent to which I have become desensitized <laughs> to how funny, like unintentionally funny, the name is. <laughs> Because megalodon is a cool word, and that would sound very cool, wouldn't it? And it's scary. It's sort of yeah. suggestive. Yeah, and they could have called it. They could have called it the Don if they wanted to, <laughs> like, come up with a cool contraction of that word. <laughs> but they went with the Meg, which just is just not the same. Yeah. Well, the megalodon was the name of one of those like really low budget ones from like the two thousands. Uh, so Shark Attack Three. Yeah, I mean, Maybe. not that anyone would have remembered that, I guess, but yeah. Maybe Megalodon doesn't translate well to Chinese. <laughs> so it's oh, just, quite possibly. It's too awkward. It does feel like this cast should be packed with, you know, comedy actors or people who are going to be improving and stuff. Like, not too like, don't turn it into a, you know, Judd Apatow film, but, you know, that are just going to, like, look, here's your basic yeah. script. Put some character into it for us because we mm. haven't bothered. You know, like they do with, I don't know, they always do that with Jurassic Park, don't they? One of the sort of supporting cast of Jurassic yeah, World. Yeah, Lauren, the, Lauren Lapkus yeah. and and whoever get little controller people. That's it, yeah, that thing. Rolls, and... yeah, yeah. So, uh, the Meg, we're kind of at the end of it now. Uh, it ends with Finn. It does end with a joke. Um, yeah. Well, you're waiting for that kind of... Because the camera sort of slowly pans over to the water and then lingers and you're like, oh, is there going to be a third one? And then there isn't. It just comes up with Finn and that's it. I quite like that, I think. <laughs> Finn is sort of like a quite pathetic one, you know. I thought they were going to go for a, you know, what? The Meg was pregnant? And like all the <laughs> babies come out of the Meg or something. Like that, it does seem like that's the direction they're going in. and. Mm. I guess it was quite nice that, like, I'm so used to these kinds of things ending with, like, uh, oh, well, we're going to make 12 more if you like this one. And I I guess it's nice that it wasn't, like, setting itself up for a sequel or anything. It was just, oh, yeah, it's just finished mm. and and that's it. Well, there there is a there is a Meg 2 in development, I believe. Oh, really? My read on the situation is perhaps it was in development before the film came and went. And yeah. maybe now it's 
a lot less likely to actually ever happen. But <laughs> well, I actually, yeah, I did want to ask, how well did the film do? Uh, it did much better than it. I was reading up on the box office sort of predictions for it. It was sort of like projected to. Right, actually, let me have a look. Um, right, yeah, it was originally projected to gross twenty to twenty-two million in its opening weekend. That's not good, is it? Well, it went on to debut to forty-five million dollars, nice. uh, topping the box office and make, uh, marking the best solo opening of Statham's career. Really. Yeah, well, solo, so not. A oh, Fast so he's and the, the lead, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. not. It's not when he's sharing with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. No, but I remember that. I think that's fairly indicative of like, because I remember all the way up until this thing was being released, I was sort of like, well, this is obviously not gonna make that money back, and it and it did. It made uh five hundred and thirty million dollars against uh roughly one fifty million budget, nice. so it it made money. So I'm not surprised that there's a sequel in development, or that there was, anyway. Apparently, they announced that they were writing it in March 2019, mm. which does sound like it's probably still in the works, to be honest. You know, that that's mm. a solid, like, nearly a year after the first one came out. So that's, you know, mm. they've obviously taken the time to weigh it up and decide to go ahead with it. Yeah. I mean, it's got an IMDb rating of 5.6, which is not good. Yeah, I don't know. You, I, I think Transformers movies get similar ratings and they make a lot of money, don't they? I guess that's more where this is really being pitched as well. It is a bit uh, misleading, I guess, because it is more of an action-adventure film than, I think, uh, you know, a shark horror film. And I guess it was marketed as that. Like, I don't think it was uh, marketed as, you know, this has got to terrify you. Uh, shall we do ratings? Sure. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, thank you, Alan, for uh, <laughs> deciding that we're going to do this because I did actually. It, it, it did. I did enjoy the viewing experience to a degree. <laughs> it was nice to see another new shark film and this kind of this kind of money being spent on it. Which I agree that it doesn't look like it has the budget that it had, but still, it, to have these stars and to see this stuff sort of being done on this. A list level, really. I I was I got something out of that. I wish it pushed a bit more. The I wish it could have been R rated thing, I guess, and um, seen a bit more carnage. Uh, it was it was okay, but it just it, as we've said, the fact that it spent so long in development hell, and it was obviously various drafts over the course of twenty years before it actually got to the screen, and I think that shows. So it is a bit of a jumbled mess. Uh, I'm gonna give it a five because uh, I did. I it, it passed a couple of hours, but it, it's not one that I'll be returning to anytime soon. Unlike The Shallows with Blake Lively, which is a <laughs> really good shark film, and Deep Blue Sea as well, which I think does the whole sort of um, yeah uh, the humor side of things better. Yeah. Well, I I basically agree with you there, Calvin. I think as a basic structure, it worked. The shark looked cool, but yeah, yeah, they're just the lack of even attempt to do anything with it. No character, nothing new plot wise. And it's just, you can't do that. You know, 20 years after Deep Blue Sea was doing it, 40, 50 years after Jaws, like, it's mm. just, you can't, come on, do something new. And so anyway, I gave it a five. It is quite like, 
I know this is Warner Brothers uh, release. I am quite baffled that someone, so, like, well, various people will have signed off on this. Like, I, I don't know who mm. thought that there was. A, maybe it's just because we hadn't seen one in a while. Maybe some research came back and was like, oh yeah, actually, if we release an expensive shark film uh, this well, summer, I, it'll actually I, I do think quite there well. is sort of an argument to be made for that. I can see, I can understand mm. that, but do something with it. Yeah. Well. I mean, it might surprise you because it, 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 it sounds like I've been a lot more negative than this rating, I guess. But it's going to be a hat trick. Uh, mm. I'm I'm also giving it a five. It's quite a low yeah. five out of ten, but mm-hmm. it's not bad enough to be upsetting. It's just kind of a wasted opportunity to be something fun, which mm. it kind of isn't. So yeah, I give it five out of ten. Which is, for the record, the same score I gave Deep Blue Sea, so that might <laughs> upset you, Calvin. No, that is upsetting. <laughs> oh dear. Just a, a quick thought here that I forgot to mention. Uh, the director, John Turtletab, I was expecting to look up the director and it was like some sort of relatively young up-and-comer who's like, you know, really into really? the visuals. and. Like... Oh, right. Can I... Can I tell you, like, my guess, I, I don't know what he's done, I don't know what his okay, career is, but my guess is that he's known for directing, like, live-action cartoon movies, <laughs> like the Smurfs, <laughs> Garfield. Yeah. I mean, oh, you're not so a million close. miles off, but I was surprised at kind of how old he was, I suppose, and obviously that's not, like, you can still direct when you're older, but he would have been, see, 55 um, when they, and I just I don't know this feel this had a feel of a kind of like someone who was gonna get stuck in with the action and like uh, oh yeah cool I can do the graphics with this yeah you know someone who's gonna really in tune with CGI and stuff like that and maybe come through graphics and stuff like that but no he's a you know he's pretty old school director he did Cool Runnings I think that's kind of probably his most famous, oh so. wow but he also did National Treasure and, and yes. those films with um, Nicolas Cage. Oh, so he's been working. Yeah, Both that's... National Treasure films and The Sorcerer's Apprentice. So it's not like he's a you know top director or anything, but I don't know. I was just expecting someone kind of up and coming rather than well established, I suppose. So. Mm. I don't know why you pick him for this. He is, I guess, he's just you know safe hands. He's going to deliver something. Uh, and this again, this film has probably passed through about eight directors in the last yeah. few years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. It is. It was his first job in like five years. Looking at his uh, filmography, so he kept calling. <laughs> so, will we be seeing Calvin Sharks next summer? Well, what what other Calvin Sharks films are there, Calvin? Can you can you throw any out there that might be worth us doing down the line? I know there's that bait film where the sharks are in a supermarket. I've I've seen that, but you know, we, that's one that might be worth. I would quite like at. to revisit that. Actually, uh, I watched it a while ago. It's quite nice. Oh, what about that? What about those two about the um, about the girls who go in the cage and then the oh, forty-seven cage. meters down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind that actually. I've not actually seen those, so uh, uh, the, be... the first one's about as good as this genre tends to be mm. <laughs> the second one's abysmal there's the reef which i haven't seen which uh I, it keeps Ooh. popping up on my uh various social medias and the like that's one i haven't seen yeah 
Yeah. Oh, uh, Open Water as well is one of the famous ones. I wouldn't mind revisiting that because I saw that at the cinema and I believe I lied about my age really? to get in. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think it was... Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking up now. It was 2003 and me and my f- uh, friend Christian went to see it and we both had to lie about our age uh, thinking we were going to see this like really scary uh, but fun shark film and it was not that. Otherwise, Deep Blue Sea 3, I don't want to go down the route of, uh, you know, Sharktopus and Shark in Venice <laughs> and Shark Exorcist and all that sort of stuff. No, you want to uh, keep it classy. Yeah. Exactly, exactly Alan. <laughs> For the big two, I think the cast should be entirely people with the name Jason. Jason Statham obviously comes back. They pair him up. They do like a double act thing with Jason Bateman. I think those two would pair up really nicely. Jason Lee? Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee can be the woman. <laughs> and you have Jason Lee with her. Can we have David Jason in it? As a oh, 90-year-old maybe, man. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think Jason Clark is uh, the right kind of level to fit in as like a scientist in one of these films. Jason Blum can produce it. <laughs> <laughs> what about director? Oh, director Jason. Jason Reitman. Jason Reitman. Oh, yep. of course, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs>